good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, to, today's Bible reading is from Mark 3, um, and our verses 31 to 35, and I'll be reading from the NIV version. Um, then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. This is God's word. we thank you for this time we thank you for this time that we can gather together and listen to your word may your spirit speak to each of us so that we can listen and obey and follow in Jesus name I pray all this Amen to many people what Jesus does what Jesus teach is very difficult to understand. Even for his family members, we have read this passage that Jesus was in a crowd and his mother and brothers came to look for him. But he asked them strange questions. Who are my brothers? Who are my brothers and mothers? What will your mother do if you do this in front of her? Probably you won't have dinner. <laughs> Maybe you can't go home because of that. But this is what Jesus did. And um, we will try to look at this passage and learn three things. Today, Jesus gave us a family, and we are supposed to be in an intimate relationship in this family. The third point I will talk about is how to live out this intimate relationship. Actually, this is not the first time that Jesus did weird thing. If you look at a few verses back, like verse 22. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. To many people, Jesus is strange. What he does, it's hard to understand. Even for his family members, they think that he is insane. He is out of his mind. And at the verse follow, we will talk about the teacher of the laws. They think that Jesus is possessed by evil spirits. 
It's because of that he possessed by evil spirits that he can do all those miracles. This is what they think. But let's try to see what Jesus is meaning here in the passage today. Jesus questions, who really is my family members? And if you look at the Bible, you may not realize, if you don't look at the original language, you don't know. Jesus never addressed Mary as her mother. He, he just addressed her as woman. In John chapter, um, John chapter 19, there's a many slides forward. When Jesus saw his mother there, he's talking about Jesus. Just move on, and there are a number of slides. He's talking about Jesus at the end of his life. He says those words. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, he is your son. And to the disciple, he is your mother. In Greek, the woman and the mother, they are two different words. And they put it together. And Jesus never called in the scripture, I mean, he never called her mother. He called her woman. I don't know whether in real life she called her like that. Like that. Um, call her mother in real life, but in the scripture. Jesus called Mary woman. That says something. Jesus do not consider Mary to be in his real family. He is thinking of another real family. That real family, as we read in verse 35, is those whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. What does it mean? Does God's will? What does it mean? If you look at Luke, Luke chapter 8, verse 21, it says, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put into practice. So that's what he means by doing God's will. is to hear God's word and obey and then put into practice. Those are the people who do the God's will. And those are the people who belong to this family. This is what he means. But Jesus is not a person who ignores his family. The passage we have just saw in John chapter 19, when Jesus is going to pass away, he just entrusts Mary to John, his disciple. He didn't just ignore Mary. He took care of her. And if you look at the epistles of Paul to Timothy, Paul instructs Timothy, when you choose elders, 
choose those ones that can take care of their own family. If they can't take care of their own family, they can't take care of the household of God. And in Mark 7, Jesus said to a group of Pharisees, he pointed out their hypocrisy. He pointed out that they do offering, but they do not take care of their parents. So the Bible actually tells us that we should take care of parents, honor our parents. And this is what Jesus did. But Jesus here is trying to tell us a fact that the real family is not those who are by flesh and blood. It is not an inheritance of a special status because you are of a certain race. It's not because you are born a Jew that you become a member of the family of God. It is only those who believe in Him, accepted Him, and follow God's will. Those are the people that are in this family. In John chapter 1, verse 11, it says, He came to that which was His own. He's talking about Jesus. But His own did not receive Him. Yet to all received Him. To those who received it in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, children born not of a natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. It's not those who are of human descent that they can be in this family. It's those who believe in Jesus and act accordingly his instructions. Those who do the work of God, they are in this family. And this is gospel, you know? This is gospel. Because we don't have to be born in a certain family. We don't have to be in a certain race. We don't have to be good in order to become this family, to be in this family, is that we believe in Him and let His Word change our lives. Those people who are in this family, that means anyone can be in this family. This is great news. This is gospel. This is what we like to hear. We are not Jews. I am Hong Kong. You are Caucasians. You are Australian. Some Japanese here. Some from mainland China, right? But we all can be this family. How marvelous it is. And what is a family? There's, um, someone says that about family is the acronym of the phrase, Father and Mother, I love you. <laughs> F stands for Father, A for stands for N, M for mother, I for I, L for love, Y for you. Actually, this is a very good definition. In a family, there should be father and mother, there should be love, 
That makes a perfect family. It will be a family where we can enjoy love. It is where we, when we encounter difficulties in life, when we have something to share, when we have trouble, when we want a shoulder to lean on, when we need a bridge over troubled waters, there you can find it. I remember when I was young, at one time I went to the bedside of my father. I hurt my finger. And my father put a bandage on me, and I felt the intimacy. I used to call him daddy, but from that point off, I call him father. I know what it means. He provides, he cares for me. It's a wonderful gift that we can have father. And in the Lord's Prayer, we are taught by Jesus that we can call our Father, Heavenly Father. So this is a gift for each of us. It is such a blessing that we can be in the God's family. Now, I don't know how good is your family. It is a blessing if you can live in a Christian family. I don't know how good it is for you. But no matter how good is your family, somehow, sometime later, you will see someone in your family passing away. Some may have seen the passing away of your father, mother, just like me. My father passed away. My mother passed away already. Maybe some of you here even have their children, their sons or daughter pass away. Maybe stillbirth, a lot of difficulties in life. But Jesus is saying to us, we should not be dismayed because of this, because he has given us a family, a family of God. This is a gift. When you do God's will, it will be yours. In Christ, we have a family. So we have countless fathers and mothers, countless brothers and sisters. You will never lonely being a Christian. Even though you don't have a family, even though you, have, you are single, even though you don't have any children, you can still have a vibrant life because you belong to a family. And this family is the gift of God. No matter how good, how bad you are, you come to Him, you follow Him, you will be born of God, and this family belongs to you. Even, isn't it wonderful? Even, isn't it this wonderful gift so precious to us because it's brought to us by the death of Jesus? This is the first point that I would like to make. Jesus gave us a family. The second point I would like to make is we are supposed to have intimate relationship with one another in this family. Now, I don't mean sexual relationship. I don't mean sexual intimacy. I mean the intimacy of a family. 
like brothers and sisters, father and son, those intimacy. You know, people in the first century, they call themselves brothers and sisters. This is not abused word as loud today. We often call our people my friend mate, right, for Australia. <laughs> but in the first century, you call someone brother because he is in your family. You only call him brother when he is in your family. So this is, there is an intimate relationship between the Christians, among the Christians in the first century. And you know, Paul, actually not once, but twice, instruct us that to greet each other with a holy kiss. And Peter also greet one another with a kiss of love. Now, I'm not asking you to kissing one another and doing the same thing as the Bible, because we have to consider the culture as well. I just met a Jew uh, after the first service, and he showed me how to do a holy kiss. <laughs> he didn't kiss me, I just asked him to demonstrate in front of me kissing his wife. <laughs> and it's just uh, kissing the forehead side and everywhere, he said, <laughs> three times. <clears throat> now, I'm not asking you to do that, but I'm asking, I just want to remind you that we are supposed to have an intimate relationship with one another. We are not supposed to come and go. We are not supposed to say bye and hug and, and bye and hi. <laughs> and we are supposed to greet one another in a way that we feel comfortable. That's so intimacy. Maybe you shake his hand or her hand. Whatever it is appropriate in this culture. And if you look at Paul, Paul actually called Timothy his son. He called him true son in the faith. Paul also called, called Titus my true son in our common faith. And actually, Paul also had another mother in Romans chapter 16. After he finished the letter, he greeted a lot of people. One of them is Rufus. In verse 13, he says, Rufus, chosen in the Lord and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. So Paul has a mother. And the mother is not his blood mother. It's a fellow Christian. So you see, the first century... Christians are very intimate, and we are supposed to have this intimate relationship in this church. And one more thing I would like to show you is um, about the same story. When Jesus was going to pass away, he entrusted Mary to John, his disciple. Now, Jesus did not entrust Mary to his brothers. 
we know that Jesus actually has at least four blood brothers, maybe some sisters. In Mark 6, we know that. But Jesus did not entrust Mary to any of them. He entrusted Mary to someone that is non-related to their family. Only that John is the disciple of Jesus. And that shows the intimate relationship in the first century disciples and Christians. So that's the second point I want to make. Because we also need to demonstrate this intimacy in our relationship in this church. The third point I would like to make is we are to live out this intimacy. And how? How do we do that? I would like to talk about that. In, verse, um, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, it says, This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. So the first point we need to make is those who are in the family, they love one another because they, does, they do the will of God. So the first point is we need to love those brothers and sisters that we would not normally love. Because, you know, in your family, you look like your son, your son look like you, and you look like your father, right? Everyone look like the same in the family. But it is different in God's family. We are not of human descent, so we don't look like each other. Some may speak English, some may speak Cantonese, some may come from a very free culture. There are a lot of people in our church, some from, come from India, some come from Pakistan, some come from South Africa. We are all different, but we all belong to this family. And that says one thing. We are to love them. We are to love those people who are different from us. Maybe even those people who we cannot love. But with the love of God, we can do it. Tim Keller has a quote. He says, The way you know you are in the family of God is that people get along in the family of God who can't get along anywhere else. In the family, people get along with one another. People love another. People cross their cultural boundary to love other people that do not like him or them. So, this is what we should do. Loving people who are different from us. And loving doesn't mean that we always make them feel comfortable. Love means patience and kind. 
but also we need to confront them if they are doing wrong. We need to correct them and guide them to the right path. This is the second, this is the first thing that we can do, how we should act out this intimacy. The second way we can act out this intimacy is that we need to share our possessions with our brothers and sisters. In 1 John chapter 3 again, he says, this is how we know the scripture pop on, hello? Yes. <laughs> the next slide. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Some time ago, we have a couple that came to our church. I was in the office. They came and they asked for a shower. They are a couple who have nowhere to go. They are homeless. So they come to our office and then we open our shower room for them and he took a shower. And then the following Sunday, we bring him to church and we invite him to a welcoming dinner, a lunch. And then we continue to help him. We, some of us invite him for movie. Invite the couple to his home and to our Sunday night service. You know what did they say after all this? What he said, the couple said, our, even our own family, they reject me. They kick me out. They did not accept us. But you, you open to me. You welcome us. You accept us. You are my family. When I hear this, I was so touched. Because this is what family means to be to take care of people, to take care of one another. As we look upon the cross, we know what love is. We know how we should treat our brothers and sisters. When we sit in front of this communion table, when we drink the same cup, we know that someone has died for each of us and we ought to share our life with other people. Look at the example of John, the Apostle. The same passage that we have been talking about, when Jesus was going to die, he entrusted John to take care of Mary. And the scripture actually says, from that time on, he took her into his home. Now, I want to show you a picture 
This picture is in Ephesus. It is called the House of Virgin Mary. This is the place where Mary spent her last days of her life. And the wonderful thing is, you know, where did Apostle John pass away? Also in Ephesus. That means John took care of Mary even until to the end of her last days. Jesus told John to take care of her mother. And he took care of her until the last of her days. He showed us a good example that we should share our possessions with our brothers and sisters. Mary isn't related to John at all. It's only fellow believers, but he could do that. So we should be. The third point I would like to make is that we should develop cross-generation loving relationships in this church. A family, remember, consists of father and mother and son and daughter. There are two generations. Some of them may be three generations. It is cross-generation. It's not that you always hang around with a group of people of your, of your same age. It's hanging around with people of different age. And that's why we need to find, find someone in this church. We need to find our Timothy. We need to find our Titus. Those people, we can mentor them. You can take care of them, that they can, through your guidance, they can grow. But we also need to find our poor, who can be our father, who can help us to grow, and our roughest, our mother, who can, we can honor her, we can take care of her, who need our help and respect. If you look at the next picture, this is what we are doing in the Cantonese congregation. We have been trying very hard to promote a sense of cross-generation intimacy between people. This is my wife, and this is not our kid. This is someone else's kid. <laughs> and this is an, another picture. This is a guy who's about his, in his 20s, make friends with this man of 85 years old. He's not his father, but just fellow believers, because we are in the same family. So I would like to conclude what we have said so far how to live out this intimate relationship is to love those you won't normally love, to cross the barrier, to cross the cultural barrier, to cross your language barrier, because this is a family, and this is a precious family that Jesus shed his blood to bring it to us. The second point is we need to share our possessions. 
our things is not ours. It's for us to share with our family members. The third thing, point is we need to develop cross-cultural loving relationships. Don't make this congregation to be a congregation of young people only. Make this congregation to be a congregation of different ages, different people of different countries, different languages who come together. Let's pray.